You thought last Friday was important with the quad witch? Well, what we do here on pre-market prep is we prepare you for perhaps the most important day of the year, the Russell 3000 and balancing stocks coming in and out, moving all over the place. How will things turn out? We don't know, but we're going to explore the possibilities on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We had a strong close, but we've been basing, basically leaking since that 6 p.m. open. End result, we're down 21 and three quarters handles at top 41.02. Uh, the buck is perking up. That's up 57 cents at 102.56. Bond traders, once again, let me reiterate the importance of 128.10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven highs in that area. That reminds me of 134 a while ago. Uh, crude, just can't hold 70. Bad day yesterday, down 84 cents at 68.68. 68. Gold, just a muted rebound after a few bad days. Up 550, 1929.30. Silver descending on 22, down 7.7 7 cents at 3039. Bitcoin futures, they're down 10 bucks at 30,360. And to get things started, I'm also going to give the IWM. It's down a buck 66 at 181.67. Triple D, you went to bed early last night. You got up, you did your exercises, did. and you are ready to attack this market today. I did my exercises by doing my Russell homework is what I've done. That's my exercises here. And yes, I am ready to attack this day. Um, open, you don't see as much action, but we will have some significant action on the close. It is indeed Russell rebalance day. This happens once a year. On the fourth Friday of June, and today we're going to see a lot of stocks moving. Smaller caps mostly. You will see some movement in some of the larger caps as well. Percentages are changing, so there will be some movement in and out. But overall, you see the small caps really have some movement, and some individual stocks may really move as well. So basically, you've got stocks going into the index, stocks coming out of the index. It is based on you know the the market caps. So as you know, they go up. They move into the other one. As they get smaller, they move out. So you have what's called ads and deletes. And that's what we're going to be talking about here for the next few minutes. Yeah, the weighting in one uh, that it's being taken out of sometimes can overshadow the one that it's going into. Yes. Uh, so it creates a lot of moments. So what 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 is your homework? How do you prepare? And then what time during the day? I mean, obviously, imbalances and things. Talk to us. Walk us through the, the prep. And then when you start really focusing in on, on the market information. Prep used to be, for me, two months ahead of this day, believe it or not. But I don't prep it that far ahead anymore because it's just the inefficiencies aren't like they used to be. It used to be the ads would drift up into Russell Rebalance Day and the deletes would drift down into Re Russell Rebalance Day. But everybody pretty much knows what the list, even though it's not officially announced until two weeks ahead. You can just project and you know there's multiple investment banks doing projections of this information all the time so it's fairly easy to figure out what's going in and what's going out there's a lot of gaming and a lot of other things now so for the most part my main strategy on this now is to fade moves on the close so today looking at the close maybe there's going to be some of these deletes that maybe get hit maybe they actually go up you know we don't always know the direction for sure like i said it used to be okay well we'll short the deletes we'll buy the ads and we'll just make the spread and we'll make money it's just not that simple anymore trades get crowded you get caught on the wrong side i've seen some years where the deletes are going straight up and the ads are going straight down you're like what's going on and i mean some herbs really get crushed on stuff like that and that's just again crowded trades so lots of things can happen. Direction is always a little bit of a mystery. 
But what usually works, nothing works 100% of the time, but what usually works is fading the closing moves. So if you get a stock gapping up 5% on the close, I would be shorting that one. You get a stock gapping down 3 4% on the close, I probably would be buying that one, hoping for a little bit of you know retracement, maybe after hours or maybe on Monday morning. That's kind of the strategy involved. And also, a lot of times you're not doing it with a single order, right? Because if it, you know, if it gets one level, then you want one tranche on. But if it happens to go to like an extreme, if it goes to an extreme, then you might get three tranches on. And it just depends on on the size of the imbalance. Uh, We won't tell the whole story when you forgot to turn off your uh, your algorithm uh, the day before you were going to Europe and you kept getting new positions. Yeah, we'll, save, we, we'll save that for. Well, I can I'll give you the cold. Tell it real quick. I, do, I can do the one minute version. So one minute version. Rebalance. It would have been probably 12 or 13 years ago and running algorithmic software on it. So the imbalances break out. They were always coming out at 340 back then. And what you often see is if, and, and don't confuse rebalance with imbalance. So the imbalance, which we talk about on the show quite often, they now come out at 350 for New York Stock Exchange um, stocks and for NASDAQ stocks as well. So it gives you a feel for where they're going on the close. And in a lot of cases, those imbalances can be an indicator of, you know, if a stock's got a big buy imbalance at 350, it may be going up on the close. Big sell imbalance may be going down on the close. So I had, you know, basically algorithmic software, buy all the buy imbalances, sell all the short, all the sell imbalances. Anyways, um, it was just a wild close. I was getting fills left and right. I'm talking like boom, boom, like so many fills coming at me. And then I, um, you know, I was, I was trading out of some of these positions. I was like, did I just sell that? Why did I rebuy it? And anyways, I had minimized my algorithmic trading software in the background, and it was still running. So I mean, one thing I always joke about: if you're running algorithmic trading software, have it on your screen front and center. But I had to minimize button i did not realize my software was still running so i was buying stocks and then my software turned around and shorted again so i mean it was this crazy but anyways ended up getting you know um i couldn't get flat by the close had to uh hedge myself out major hedging going on with s p's and um traded out of the rest of it from uh, london england the the next day because i was leaving for london england uh, the next monday so it was a little bit hectic but that's the short version the long version is like a 20 minute story Okay. All right. Hey, we got Mitch uh, lurking in the background here. Uh, do you want to start with uh, some overall market talk, macro news? Uh, where should we go? Um, just before we get out of here, was there any additions and deletions yeah, that you wanted to like, point out, Dennis? Because I just want to at least make sure. 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 And if you want to bring up the list back up. so Yeah, I got homework, it right here. You got you know the Russell 3000 deletes. You got the microcaps additions. Mm-hmm. You've got the and i'm just showing you how many pages micro yeah, deletes like there's seven pages, pages. On... And then you got the three thousand ads i have about 20 pages printed out here right now i printed out these exact pages money mitch will put the link in the chat if you need yep, to figure already out where this there. is but just google russell reconstitution and you'll see the russell site then you just go down to the ads delete buttons and you'll see everything going in I mean, there's some names on here um, that are fairly large. I know Dell is one of the deletes out of the 3000, D-E-L-L. That's a name that's traded quite often. Um, some of the smaller uh, names that were lovely, really lovely stocks back in 2021 and really bad stocks, obviously, over the last two years, like um, you know Skills and Real or Deletes. BBIG was one of those darlings you know, from the meme world. Um, it's on the delete list. Uh, Express, mm-hmm. EXPR. I've got... Big lots is, is coming into the micro cap. Um, Stitch fix SFIX. That BBAI, I know some people like to trade that one. I believe that is going into the micro cap index. Um, you know, just cherry picking a few names that we've talked about on the show in the past. The micro caps, 90% of these names are going to never hear of. But again, that doesn't mean you can't trade them. There's movement on these things. And basically, just repeating what I just said, if I yeah. see big movements on the close, I typically fade those movements. Do you have a price like threshold? Like I see, you know, some of these stocks are like 60, 70 cents. Do you have a, a price? Threshold? I don't typically trade stocks under a buck, Joel. Yeah. Um, too much you price. know, it's just yeah. cost efficiencies go way down. So when they start falling under a dollar, unless you're seeing some gap down 20% on the close, 
I, I highly am unlikely to, you know, be trading something like, like, let's take skills, for instance, yeah. SKLZ. Yeah. You'll see that one down 12% here right now. That is because they are doing a, a reverse split. So that's not because it's getting deleted out of the index. That's just a bonus for those people who are along those things. That's actually coming out and could have more selling pressure. But the reason SKL Zebra is down is a one for 20 reverse split. But something like this, you know, if it gaps down two cents, you're talking about a 4% move. Well, what the hell is two cents? No, you know, not I'm not much. talking about, you know, and, and I'm not trading for free, remember, either. So paying per share. So I typically don't trade them if they're under a buck um i'll trade it if it's under two or three dollars like three four or five dollars i will okay. trade those stocks and you look so, at and you look at every chart of every one of these stocks no and i'm, you, I'm you, not you, really <laughs> looking at the charts at all no no charts at all <laughs> so i think that was a joke but i bring them up and i look at the imbalances so what i'll do is i'll have a screen and i'll just throw a bunch of names that you know i want to focus on and at 350 when the imbalances come out i will and again rebalance imbalance completely different thing waiting for the 350 imbalances to tell me whether these stocks might gap up or down and then i'm typically placing shorts if i believe the stock's going to gap up i'm typically placing buys if i believe the stock is going to gap down completely fading the moves complete contrarian strategy let's go to the news yes of and, and just one more question from eric do you put locs on all these yes i do they're all limit on closed oh, yeah. orders, which oh, is another yeah. good lesson here as well. So basically, I put an LOC, limit on close. So it's going to execute on the closing print or not execute at all. So if you put an LOC to buy a stock, let's say stock's at, at 5 bucks, You put your LOC at, to buy at 485 Stock close 490 you will not get it. Stock close at 475 you don't get 485 you get 475 You're getting the closing print or you're not getting the closing print. That's why I use the LOC. So the stock could be trading through my price and tanking into the close, but I'm still not going to be executed there. I'm going to be executed hopefully on the low print if it gaps down at the low print. That's why I use, especially on Wrestle Rebalance Day, I use limit on close orders. All right, let's go to Jerome Powell's comments yesterday that definitely affected the banks as he's hinting to a potential 20% increase in capital requirements for big U.S. banks, focusing on globally systemic banks with those over $100 billion in assets. What's going on in the bank situation now? I don't know worry about any of that news, but what I will worry about is the charts. So we'll go to the charts on these. <laughs> and sometimes we say charts are important, charts aren't important. KRE continues to lead, continues to lead the charge on the downside. Banks didn't participate fantastically in the one-month rally. They participate nope. a little bit, but not nearly enough. And now they're rolling over here. The banks have some issues. Banks are telling you that maybe, we're one, maybe we're not out of the woods. We've been talking about Key Bank, K-E-Y, as looking like wow you know this is looking like it's ready to fall off a cliff on the chart i don't know we you know the fundamental situation there if there's depositors coming or going or or what there is i can just mm -hmm. tell you it has not rallied it started 18 dollars when the when the crisis the regional bank crisis Never started close. quickly fell to 10 well it with everything else that's bounced and you think you're past it this thing's at nine now you're not far from the lows so i worry that this regional banking crisis, which has been put in the rearview mirror by so many investors, may not be completely past us. Not picking on you, KeyBank, just you know, showing some of these charts that are trading at the lows. There's a lot of other ones as well. These regional banks just grab the KRE at all together. It doesn't look great. Didn't get up over the 45. We talk, yep. now it's, it's starting to give half of it back. Maybe this is the buying opportunity. Maybe we are past it. But at the same time, We've got to be aware of that if, for whatever reason, the economy does start to slow and if, you know, some people worry about their money in the bank, this crisis could start up again. I think the recent strength in Bitcoin, many people attribute it to the recent strength in the NASDAQ. I would say this week, yeah, and I've been exactly telling you guys this, about it. Yep. the inverse correlation between Bitcoin and the KRE is strong. And KRE has been going down for four straight days. And what has Bitcoin done? went up for four straight days. Keep that in mind when you're trading BITO, KRE, inversely correlated, at least for now. Yeah, we talked about that. I brought it to attention uh, early last week. And then also uh, when we were doing the closing print yesterday, uh, you know, it, it once again, it was one of those scenarios where Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, I don't think NVIDIA as much, but it was the big tech. And then you looked at, we were looking at like the banking stocks and we were looking at everything else and we're looking at the IWM and we're like, 
okay, you know, this wasn't the broad participation uh, that you wanted. And uh, today, you know, of course, the overnight trading act. I mean, that was a real sleeper rally right into the close. Yeah. Big buy and balance. If you're short, you know, Mitch was talking about it. You're like, oh, darn, you know, I'm going to get flat, reevaluate in the morning. And then you come in and it's like, it's below your targets where you had it for some of your shorts. Yeah. So uh, let's hope we can get some broad participation today and not on the downside. I want to add some supporting comments to your Bitcoin comment there, Dennis. Of course, specifically, Fed Chair Jerome Powell stated that we see stable coins as a form of money. And I think that this was massively important in this situation because if the Fed Chair is saying that we could go to that digital coin, well, of course, you're going to have more people thinking that Bitcoin could get that lift right and so keep your eyes on that a lot of people i'm talking about like you can go on youtube and you can see thousands of videos right now stating about that comment that was very important by jerome powell and bitcoin don't forget was created the reason this was created was because of the non-stop printing presses from federal from the federal reserve and mm -hmm. from federal banks and from you know central banks around the world so this is the reason it was created. And they have predicted, these Bitcoiners, that eventually this house of cards, which is the financial, you know, monetary system, would, will collapse. I mean, when you're seeing regional banks collapse, it's exactly what they predicted. So I'm not saying, you know, that they're going to be right. But I'm saying at this moment in time, this is as right as they have ever been. So I'm not saying they're right, but this is as right, you know, you know, that they've ever been. So it's not surprising that as we start to see weakness again, I'm going to take it back to the KRE, that you start to see strength. And then you get comments from Powell, you know, yeah. saying certain things as well. It gives them more fuel for the fire here. This Bitcoin rally could be real, folks. You know, yep. we can talk about, you know, and I have been a trasher of Bitcoin on this network for a long time. But, you know, we have been talking about the regional bank weakness. And I was saying it when Bitcoin had back at 20,000, that this regional bank weakness could equal some strength in Bitcoin. That strength has continued. I recently even said in June when the Bitcoin has sold off, I said if the carry starts to roll over, Bitcoin will start to rally again. That is exactly what has occurred. So you have to respect that. That relationship is as strong as it gets right now, that inverse correlation between carry and Bitcoin. And then Powell saying comments like that. I'm just saying, if you come in here and saying, well, Bitcoin, you know, this is just all, you know, hocus pocus and eventually it's going back down. That may be true in the long run. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'll tell you right now, these Bitcoiners got a case. All right, let's get to the earnings. CarMax beating the Q1 earnings estimates with an adjusted EPS of $1.16, surpassing the sales expectation. Also, we just saw recently on the CPI report that we saw used cars prices increasing CarMax, will it get the lift? Ooh, tough chart, but got a nice blast over $89. Uh, that's the good news. Your pre-market high, 89.60. So if you had orders out, you got done. Bad news is give it out, give it back about six bucks of that. Former high of the move, 81.75. I would hope that holds a support. And I don't think it's going to get to that pre-market high of 89.60. All right, let's get to the next one. Let's go to Smith and Weston brands as they exceeded Q4 earnings estimates with an adjusted EPS of 32 cents higher than the expected sales. And they also raised their quarterly dividend about 10 cents, 20% higher. Problem is this has a lot of overhead supply. It's you look at this chart and you just think everybody's caught. What's the symbol? Symbols. Out. They changed the symbol on this More than I changed my underwear. Every, every year they change the symbol on this company. It's honestly changed the symbol. I'm Googling right now. How many times <laughs> has Smith Wesson, and the name of the company that was the problem, how many times has Smith Wesson <laughs> you should just ask Chad changed, GPT, ask Bing, man. changed their ticker symbol? It won't know. It won't know. No, oh, it'll know. know it. It'll it's got AOBC to SWBI, but then the company right. changed names there too in there. So I mean, there's names. There's it's got to be three or four times that they've changed the names. SWHC to yes. AO. Okay, so we got SWHC to AOBC 
to SWBI, but I feel like there's more than that in there. So we've got three confirmed, but I feel like there's more in that too. And I have trouble keeping this one straight here too. But all of that, don't worry about any of that. We have all kinds over at Supply 12 to 12.50 here. Uh, even though the quarter was fine, I just think this is not something I'm buying. You guys gave me all the symbols, and now I don't have the right symbol. SWBI. Oh, SWBI. I just, I just. Simon Walter, the, yeah. Bravo, India. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Good call, Dennis. We can move on. And uh, RGR, Sturmruger. <laughs> Tennessee's saying it's going to be SWAI. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Who, who said that? <laughs> that that's that's when one. Skynet comes out and Smith Wesson kills it because they go to AI. And now all the AIs got the guns. Now oh, we're no. full Terminator style here. When that, when that goes, man. when Smith Wesson changes their symbol, the SWAI, Katie bar the door. The end get the to the chopper. Coming. Get to the chopper for sure. I think the Terminator gets more call-outs on this show than I think on all other combined programming podcasting ever. You, you can tell Dennis one of the most was a successful fan. human beings that ever existed. Arnold Schwarzenegger from Professional Bodybuilder, the best at everything he does. The actor. You know, even Mary the governor. Like, just unbelievable. <laughs> governor. I mean, everything. The governor. Everything he has done has been unbelievable. So even well, Mary Kennedy. I um, mean, he did it all. And, just to uh, kind of and, and his son went to Michigan too. <laughs> of course, Joel wanted to state that one. All right, let's go to Ion Q as they're raising their booking expectations for the year about 25%, anticipating a significant year over year growth. Of course, Ion Q, we're talking quantum computing that will really kind of drive the future, right? Well, you guys have been seeing this one. This one's been running a lot with the AI names. Uh huh. Can this one keep running? Hmm. Don't That's follow not- the story closely. The, uh, this this actually kind of looks sleepy, so which is a good thing. You're in consolidation station here. You've got some lows to lean on. I'd say if I'm buying it, I'm leaning on the low of the move of 883. Um, you're still kind of consolidation station even at 1025. I mean, you're all the way up to like 12 bucks to really break out of here. But consolidation station here right now. So keep an eye on it. Uh, I wish we would have talked about it yesterday because I could have said, wow, well, I mean, there's, you know, buyers stepping up at nine, right? You can obviously see that. That doesn't do any good. Uh, When this thing can find, and it's a ways away, it's up 82 cents, but you see all these just wicks here above 11, right? So there's a pesky seller between like 11 and let's say 1150, that whole area. But once this establishes a strong 11 bid, then I think you got to move. And now you got to move 75 cents to get there. Last month's high, 11.65. So when on, on charts like this, it's not so much saying, oh, this is resistance. This is the target. It's saying, where where's the bid? Where are the true buyers? Where are they going to support this stock? They were at nine. Now what are they going to do? Are they going to immediately going to step up at 10? Or they're going to say, no, no, no. I'm going to wait for a whoosh down to 950. But uh, nice pop on 800,000 shares. All right, let's go to 3M as their shares are trading Ooh. higher after the company reached a $10.3 billion settlement for lawsuits claimed by public water suppliers. So this has been weighing down the stock forever. You know, some people were saying, you know, this could bankrupt the company. So a settlement here is huge news. We had the rumors of the settlement. I guess it's official here now because we were talking about the settlement before when it had the big pop before. I guess maybe it's official. So it's big news for it. I mean, $10 billion is not, not fun to swallow. But at the same time, it's not going to bankrupt the company. So I think shareholders are rewarding it because it gives them a little more clarity on these lawsuits here. And I mean, this stock has been beat up ahead of this. It's trading what, you know, what is the P on 3M? I believe it's under 10. So, I mean, you know, you get rid of this, 10 billion ain't gonna be fun to pay, but let's look at the PE. While you're looking up the PE, Dennis, this this isn't even the big lawsuit. Yeah, well, what's the big one, the talc? That, uh, no, that's that's Johnson Johnson. What's the the big one? Earplugs. The earplugs. Earplugs. Yeah, the the military one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so this is just another, you know, another, another. Man, they, the, the, the lawyers are just killing us. <laughs> yeah, dude, so we got to wait on that bro. there, too. How much does tr- 3M spend on lawyers, man? Oh, yeah. Holy moly. Just a pile, a pile of money here. And then Johnson Johnson's with the talc, obviously, too. And, you know, we're obviously. That's been going on for like 100 years. All lawsuits, these big ones continue to go on here. So 
Uh, but PE on 3M is 11. So, I mean, you're trading significantly lower, and the reason is all these lawsuits weighing down them. So if they could get past all these lawsuits, the stock could actually start to rally. It's cheap. It's dirt cheap. But at the same time, if you don't have clarity on what these lawsuits, and the big one with the earplugs, was that was the one that they said could bankrupt them too. So they got some issues here. 106.70 to me is a little bit of an overshoot. You pull back at 104. But if you had missed that price action and you just want to go to last week's high, yep, last Friday's high, uh, we're not there yet. 104.89. I'd keep an eye on that. The closing high that day, 104.54. Probably too far away to see if there's any size stacked up in the book at 105. But uh, that's a preliminary number Big ahead number, of though. that pre market high. Kicking it to Moderna as Moderna seeks FDA approval for an updated COVID-19 vaccine to address the dominant strain. Now I'd kick it to the chat, not to make it political or not, but would you guys take this vaccine from Moderna? No, I'm done with the vaccines just at this point in time. And again, what continues to weigh on all these stocks, BNTX, I don't like BNTX. I said I like Moderna better than BNTX, and I said I would have the pair trade on. I still think that exists. I think Moderna's just got you know some other stuff that they're cooking up. But at the same time, there's just so much revenue lost from going to be from people taking less COVID shots that you just can't touch these stocks long. Just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the chat has spoken, like William says, and it seems like the chat's a lot of saying no, and um, we're seeing a I, lot I think, of no's I think there. many people who said yes to the first few shots are now saying no. There's going to be mm -hmm. so many less COVID shots, given that the revenues can only go down. Now, as an investor, would that worry you here on Moderna here near the lows on the daily? Yeah, I'm we're very worried. I don't want to invest in any of these. So again, I think if you're going to play Moderna, I'd be short BNTX against it for the hedge. I do. I've have said that before. The Paris trade, long Moderna, short BNTX. I don't know. It's like they're both like 140. I think I'm like, I'd have to figure out where I said that. Yeah, think, that was a while ago. Yeah, I don't think Moderna. I I, th I think I'd be up in that trade, but it's hard to say because because we got 33 points down on BNTX. I think from when I was talking about that trade. Maybe Moderna's down more, though. Maybe it was like, I think it was like 150. I, I feel like they were close to the same price when I was saying that. Was there a time they were close? Maybe I'm wrong. I never put the trade on. But in any regard here, I would not, I don't want to just be flat out long any of these things. And I've been hurt on my Pfizer position because of it, too. So Pfizer still has all kinds of other stuff going on, but it has even been harmed by this. But BNTX and Moderna, or Moderna and obviously NVAX, forget about that one. These are pure plays on the COVID shot, and people aren't getting many COVID shots, so not for me. All right, let's go to Virgin Galactic as they're announcing a $400 million at-the-market stock offering to raise capital, leading to a drop in their shares. And uh, do you guys believe in Virgin Galactic? I know I don't. Here's the issue um is on all and just take you know these beaten down stocks in general that are zombie companies and burning cash when they get rallies they shove offerings down your throat so here it is you get the two-day rally in spc you're like here we go this is good news and now we shove an offering down your throat because we're waiting for the price to go up so they can sell shares to raise more money that's exactly what you're probably going to see happen here. Stock's down 13% on that now. So it's like the rallies are so temporary because the company just puts an end to it once they do the dilution. So, I mean, there's so many zombie companies like this. Same story. And then obviously, you know, we give our sympathies to the families of yeah. the submarine operation. But this that didn't do any good for the stock here either. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, these yeah. high-risk missions here. And then this was widely publicized. Obviously, you know, maybe there was some issues with the quality of that sub and you know maybe they don't have that a virgin galactic but at the same time these are high risk missions i think you know people may you know could be spooked away from it on that uh yeah i would just uh and we'll move on after this i just think the timing of this offering uh just is horrendous absolutely horrendous i don't think they could have done it on a worse day so yeah because it was going down yesterday i think because of that origin uh submarine obviously the titanic we're talking mm -hmm. about there um, it, it's space was moving down on that. I think, you know, it's just these high risk, you know, cool. I mean, it'd be really fun to see the Titanic. It'd be really fun to see outer space, but we saw firsthand that there is some risk involved there. 
Next. All right, let's go to the next one here. I'll go to an upgrade, uh, actually a downgrade here from Wells Fargo, downgrading Under Armour to equal weight and lowering <laughs> the price target here. So coming after <laughs> the shoes. Thanks. When we're at like basically all time, I feel like we're at like all time lows here. Like we're not quite to the October lows. Oh my gosh. But oh my gosh, we're at like decade lows here. Now you're downgraded. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the help here, Wells. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, you got some support down here at 650. It's where all those lows are. You know, maybe this is like, you know, the capitulation that you need to thing. But Under Armour has just done everything wrong for a long time. I, I don't even know if people still covered this stock. I, I think people are dropping coverage of it. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. It's just been, you know, you think about how good of a company Nike has been. And at, at one point in time. 10 years ago, people were comparing Under Armour to Nike and saying Under Armour is going to maybe, you know, take out Nike as one of the first class, not even close. You know, Nike even has been an underperformer as well, but not even close to as bad as Under Armour has been. UA has just been a terrible investment. I think Nike has earnings next week, too. They do on Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday. So maybe uh, if you're doing a setup for a pre-earnings run, it it had a, you know, had a nice little move. It's just, it's a pretty high beta stock, right? So if you're perhaps employing Dennis strategy, maybe you put a little hedge on with it too, but uh, uh, nice moving it. Uh, Under Armour, I bought one pair of shorts there a long time ago and I hate them. I don't even know why. I did buy a hat. I I have an Under Armour shirt. I don't mind the stuff. Like, some of the quality of the stuff is pretty darn good. But it's just, I I don't know. There's obviously the business or whatever it is. Stock just continues to go down. Price don't lie. All right, that's a piece making a new low here on the session. It's just it's just the absence of buyers. You know what? It's like no one's like, what? Wait, wait, we rallied yeah. on the close. And now I'm stuck, and now they're just looking for a rally off the open. Uh, mm-hmm. Big, big love, some big, uh, big levels on the downside. We'll absence that of buyers and everything except Amazon. Did you see that? Oh yeah, Amazon yesterday. And Amazon was green here this morning. It has rolled over and gone red here now, but. Holy Amazon, new 2023 high, still significantly off its all-time high, which is way up at $188. But um, was know, there a catalyst story... yesterday? Was there a Pardon? catalyst? Was there a catalyst? AI. They talked another AI thing. There was another AI headline. So I forget what it was. Maybe Money Mitch, you know. But there was another AI headline from from Amazon yesterday, and AI is driving the bus on all of these stocks right now. So still on my Amazon. On my wife's RSP, actually, see, I do give her some good stocks. I gave her this one here at 108. So there is some good ones here in her portfolio, but she has a lot of dogs in there, too. There were some comments made by Josh Brown yesterday. Uh, He said that Amazon would be a prominent player in AI and that uh, AWS was launching Generative AI Innovation Center. So that could have definitely helped out yesterday. They were talking about this launch Mm -hmm. of this. So uh, they were talking a lot about it. AWS Generative AI. We'll see if this can continue giving Amazon a lift. Karen Feinerman, I believe, made a fantastic point on CNBC's Fast Money last night, too, where she said, You've got a lot of smaller companies that are just searching to say something about AI. She's like, that is not Amazon. This is for real. You know, Amazon is not looking for something to drive their share price higher. Like, and that's what a lot of smaller companies are doing. Let's find some way to tie ourselves into AI to release a press release to get our stock to go higher. That is not Amazon. They are real. They are going to be a major player in AI. This is, you know, obviously a stock that has a very high valuation. But at the same time, you know, can it grow into it? You know, uh, nowhere near it's 50%. Oh, I wouldn't say nowhere near. I think I looked at this yesterday. Uh, a lot of these stocks, I'm just looking at this on a comparative basis, all-time high, uh, 188, recent low, uh, 81.43. Call that a 108-point move. You could have 54 to 81. When I went to school, that comes out to 135. So there you go. I mean, that's that's halfway back. And if you want to look on a comparison basis, Apple came all the way back when they knew all time high. Microsoft, Microsoft all the back, way back. Like, Apple right. all the way back. Meta still way off its all time highs. Their Tesla still way off its all time highs. Google still way off its all time highs. But some of them have come back. Yeah. So I think some people, including myself, think, why not Amazon? Why not Google? Those are the kind of stocks that we've been talking about buying on pullbacks. You know what? That worked yesterday. Those were the yeah. stocks that were up yesterday. Google. That's what held the market. Reversal. 
That was for sure. That was the market. Let's just be honest. That was the market yesterday. It was buyers coming in. They're they're not coming into these (laughs) value names. They're coming into the potential AI plays. Those are the stocks you probably want to be buying on pullbacks. And the only question is, when will this uh, kind of bubble really break, right? I, I think that everyone's looking to see if it does break here. Um, I think, of course, the key driver on that will be watching kind of NVIDIA. It's been slowing down here. We'll see if it finally does break or not. Not even, though. I mean, it has, it's getting I mean, it's getting back sideways consolidation. Too. I would say sideways consolidation Unbelievable at the top. resilience. With the market selling off, NVIDIA shrugging it off. AMD has been beat, man. My I AMD know. Yeah, they, they, right they came up. after AMD. I was nervous about that one for you. I just, I didn't, I didn't want to. <laughs> But no, uh, you flat out told me to sell it. I even said, like, if I had it on for a trade, I'd be ringing the register at 125. But you're trying to, like, I've got to start separating. And here's a lesson for everyone here as well. You, you've got to somewhat separate the long-term investing and the trading. Don't let the trades become the long-term investments. Never. But what I find myself doing too much as I'm looking so much and people are following, you know, and saying, what are you buying in your long-term account? Asking me about it five times a day that I'm looking at it too much. My best long-term investments were the ones that I never looked at. My MasterCard, you know, where I made 2000% over the course of a decade. The best ones were the ones I never looked at. Google, I was up like five, six, 700% over the course of a decade. So I'm trying to separate it. Like I said, I think the long-term thesis for AMD to be a major competitor with NVIDIA is there, especially in AI. And that's what I've made my bet on. So I'm trying to separate it here. I'm trying to like not think, oh, I can still take 15 points out of AMD here. Maybe I should sell it, you know, instead of letting them. And maybe it goes all the way back down. But you've got to, you know, have some money working for you. Other people say, why not just trade everything? Well, the reason is I don't get 2,000% gainers in my trading portfolio. So I think, you know, if you want to build wealth, you got to be able to separate trading and investing. Well, I know Joel's one of the experts on this, but I just want to say, at least from what you're saying there, is that I don't even say my money working for me. I want the market to work for me. At this point, I feel like you've done the hard point, which is get the nice entry. You've gotten the nice entry. You got some good timing on it. It got yeah. a nice little expansion. Now it's time to just to let the market do its thing. Right. It's going to tell you if you need to get out on this or not. If AI is a bubble and it's not going to do anything in the future and AI is just, you know, this was the bubble. This is blockchain. This is, you know, the COVID shot. This is just another bubble and AI is not going to change anything. Then this AMD probably should be sold. But I don't believe that. I think AI is equivalent to where the Internet was in 1997. So maybe AMD is not going to be the player. Maybe I'm going to be wrong. But I'll tell you, out of the Amazons and the AMDs and some of these companies that I've been buying on the pullbacks here now, there's going to be some of these are going to be major players in AI if AI is real. I think AI is real. I think we're where the internet was in 1998. I think that's why they're playing ridiculous valuations for these things because some of these actually might grow into them. I think you want to be buying potential AI plays on pullbacks from good companies, not talking some of these companies that are just trying to get the AI headline. S&P's just breached by just a few ticks, the low from yesterday, which was 93 even. That also represents your low from last Thursday. So uh, we basically have given back all the gains from yesterday's session here. And we we got something going on here at 839. I mean, this has just been a pretty much straight down if yeah it's been you know not not like the sell-offs you get during the day where they you know whipsaw around this has been pretty steady uh just made a low at 91 and a quarter uh not a lot of daily support in here folks i gotta be honest with you uh not a lot of daily support underneath we'll see what happens when that liquidity comes in at uh nine o'clock we do have tim seymour uh we got him dialed up for uh 850 so would this be an opportune time to do our trade zero segment? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Let me go ahead and get my share screen up here, and then we can go into trade zero team. You guys out there, let us know if something's on your radar today. All 
All right, let's get to it. Let's see what's on the Gapper Scanner today showing up. Of course, we've talked about some of these names. Let's get yeah. to uh, CEL8 Celsius. Group. Upgraded. Lift. Nice little upgrade. That is, oh, actually, here. sorry. It's a buy rating. I don't believe it's an upgrade. Um, I don't remember who it is. So <laughs> I wrote it down last night, but I didn't write who it was uh, buy rating by. Let me grab it. Maybe right it was up here. Yeah, it looks like um, I have an outperform this morning from Wedbush. Initiate um, outperform. But it's a maintain and then a price, a price target of 155. Yeah, so CELH trading up on that. It's <laughs> got the story. I mean, it's still got the story intact. The stock is still hot. So when Monster's it gets you know, still buy rating, it's, it's at all time highs. How can you argue with this? I mean, you go from $3 to $147. Is it overdone? I don't know, but I'll tell you the trend is still intact. And the thing's making new all-time highs. I don't short stocks making new all-time highs. So you want me to risk uh, $2.5 to make $5 here on this stock uh, with a 155 target? Is Pass. that what they put the target was? Yeah, right, bitch? Yeah, 155. What? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'll just say uh, the all-time high was made last week at uh, 150.35. Uh, we hit a good level yesterday when we hit 149.47. The only thing I would do on this one, uh, in I mean, when I think about you know an upgrade, what about the Spotify upgrade? That one that was two days ago. We talked about 160. It hit 160 on the kisser and actually traded 152.80 that day. So, not not chasing this one. Yeah, I was looking at Monsters chart. Did that have a split or something? Is there a reason why it's down to 59? Or maybe uh, it's just my charting being a little weird here. I'm just kind of caught by surprise. The charting's weird. I have monsters setting up. I don't have that on my chart. I have monster near all-time highs. Monsters okay. don't uh, monster. That's weird. Why would that? Oh, I did MSTR. It's MNST. Oh, I Joel, got it. Joel's done it. I, I got it. I got it. I got it near all-time highs, too. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm having some charting issues there. Let's keep okay. it going. We'll go to the next stock here. Let's get to... RTX up a little bit. Mm. That's on Kramer pump. So RTX. Is oh, up. Kramer, Kramer, Kramer pitched the stock last night. Kramer pitched the stock, talked Ukraine and war, and talked all kinds of things that the market wanted to hear. So Jim Kramer can still move stocks when he just gets out there and just runs a full pitch. He pitched RTX. That is indeed why mm. this stock is trading where it is. 98.62, and that just happened to have uh happen right around when Kramer was on. So I just keep an eye um on that target. SP is continuing to lose altitude here. Big time. Yeah, down 32. Dennis, is there a whole slew of selling balances? The, the, or something? To me, this seems like the classic trap, right? Just bring it all the way up it's yesterday. And then look at that. Now it's so low, like would you even me that I love the short? Like now I'm coming in the market like man, but everything's already wiped out. Like it's just hard to short. Wiped now. out? You want to look at the charts on the downside? I mean, come on, don't say we're wiped out. I mean, I, I mean, it's just hard. My thing is, I hate shorting into weakness. I actually like shorting into pops. Yeah, up. well, that's, so that's well, that, the that, hardest that's thing. something we teach on the show is yeah. like overall trend selling <laughs> stocks that are popping that are in overall downtrends, buying stocks that are exactly. rallying in overall that are in overall uptrends, buying stocks in the dips. I mean, that's something we've taught on the show for a long time. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I think the best way to trade these markets still. Those up overall at 90 days, you know, get you. Like the first chart I look at on something, if I don't know the stock, is always 90, 90 days. Day. Yeah. I want to know, is this stock trending up or down in the last 90 days? Are there yeah. buyers? Is there, underneath, is there underneath demand or overhead supply? First question. I mean, for the most part, you know, like if I'm trading Apple, Amazon, I don't need to bring up a chart yeah. to see those. I know what they look like. Yeah. You know, because I see, you know, I'm trading these things all the time. But if you just go out of the blue and let's say, oh, okay, we're going to grab this little small cap stock that's getting, you know, added into the micro caps. And then we're going to look at, you know, uh, just grab one like, well, BBAI, for instance. Yeah, I don't know what the chart looks like on that. I don't trade it. So, okay, overall, it's in a downtrend. So, yeah, it means, you know, there's probably a lot of overhead supply here. You know, is there an AI story here on this? Maybe, you know, it's had a couple pops off of it before. So I got to be aware of that if I'm shorting it. But overall, that downtrend, you know, persists. So, I mean, you know, and, and again, that's, you know, the way I approach it. 
All right, I'm looking at the down gapper now, and I can see uh, one that I'm at least uh, still holding the tiniest piece. I'll just be as honest as I can be. I only got one share left. Adobe keeps going lower. We'll see what I do with this one. I'm just trying to hold it now. Um, just trying to see if this can just keep cracking through levels. Um, I mean, you had a good call on that. We had a good call when we covered it two it was days a combo. ago. Yeah, because yep. we talked about it going to struggle. It had an upgrade, I believe, and we're like, "Well, this is actually yeah. a selling opportunity because you already had the big reversal day from last Friday, and then you got the upgrade, and we knew there was overhead resistance of 500. So that was kind of a pretty good step to try the short side from 490 to 495. 495 tops it out. Stock's sitting here now, breaking down new lows. It's just been on a hell of a run. Um, I think you think about a 50% retracement of the move. 350 up to 518. Oh gosh, Joel, I need your math. $170 move. Wow. Yeah, 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 I don't take, know. Take half of that at 85, knock the 85 off the 518. Let's call it 440-ish, and that would fill the gap. Oh, Gets nice. down there I near like 440. I think um, you know, Did I think you shake it. 440. There's Bring no in that baby. Already. How about I'm not how... saying it's going there, I'm saying that's where <laughs> I'd be interested in buying. <laughs> And let's just do an opposite exercise here, Mitch. Why don't you yeah. put a stop, like, you know, say, come and get me. Come, like, and, come get and get me, get me up yeah. here. Cause that's yeah, what four... you did. That's when you stayed in the position. You mm -hmm. said, yep, come and get me at what? Four nine. Like you said, that. this is it. Come and get me because it's so hard. I mean, mm -hmm. look at like when you were looking at uh, the AMD, Dennis, the only thing I could think about was that gap fill of getting a gap fill. And if it took out yeah, the low uh, like it filled, yeah. of the gap area, what's doing it right now? It's going to do it today. Uh, yeah. 108.91. It's going to do it today. So it's just those kind of things. But uh, yeah. what else we got in the down filter? All right. Uh, of course, uh, Tesla showing up here. Netflix starting what to pull it back. Tesla yesterday. Uh, yeah, ooh, Tesla. Ooh, ooh. I mean, dude, this 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 is just a hard stock to short. I'll tell you that much, man. <laughs> just be careful out there, team. Gets the downgrade from Adam Jonas yesterday. And we talked that he always talks out two sides of his mouth because he always gives a bear case and a bull case. So he's hedged. You know, it's just, you know, the way he is. So, you know, he did downgrade it, but it was more profit-taking. It wasn't that it was weakness, just that stock had had too, run too much too fast. It went down for about an hour and then just turned around and they couldn't stop buying it again. Now, I did have Ron Barron on CNBC here this morning. Oh, he was gosh. really really, really um, bullish tesla he, did, <laughs> he was talking tesla for so long they had to take becky had to take him away from tesla because he wouldn't stop talking it so he was saying he thinks 500 dollars by next year on tesla and he's still all in like so he is very bullish tesla popped a little bit on that interview has leaked back overall market not helping it here too i think you're buying dips on tesla still bulls are in control at least from a trading perspective all right. Any levels you want to give Joel on Tesla? Oh man, that was such a choppy day yesterday. Uh, boom, boom, boom. I would say right now the mark uh, it would be pretty important. Uh, sixty-four, sixty-one. Uh, if I was stuck on this, I'd have something out there at that level. That forty-eight and a quarter. It just uh, if. You were looking for the a low under that at 47.29. You got absolutely snuffed because it went 48 and a quarter. So right now the only relevant number is that closing price, 64.61, and that coincides with the high of the day at uh, at uh, 265. I gotta tell you, so far not so good for this Russell in the Russell rebalance day. IWM is absolutely getting hammered here I right know. now. It's now down 1.43 percent. Got to think 180s where we broke out from. I yep. would think you're going to find some support there. So if you're short the IWM, I'd think about bringing it in at 180. So about 60 cents down from here. You know, is there room for it to continue to fall? If we start getting more bank failures, it's going to go a lot lower. But I mean, now you're like, boom, talk to 50% retracement of the recent move. It was an 8% move for the IWM in about five days. That was way too much, way too fast. It's filling that up and filling that back. Now, the question is, you know, does it just continue to go down here or do we skip that support at 180? I think that's the first stopping point. Do we, are we missing something? Uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, this is just such an orderly sell-off. Just continued I'm... selling pressure all morning. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe there was a headline chat. Help us out here. Was there some yeah. macro stuff being said here that spooked the market? Because in the last few minutes, because we continue to leak here since we started the show. I mean, uh, uh, Bostics at eight thirty. Bostic yeah. said the banking sector is quite strong. 
<laughs> just, Who just like these guys. Like, yeah, what are they supposed to say? He's not going to come out and say no, the fake section looks say like that, crap. Man, we worry that they're all going to fail again. <laughs> no. You can say it on pre-market prep. <laughs> looks like least... crap. I'm worried that there may be more failures. I'll say it. At least say that that you, you're not you're not certain that there could be more issues there. Try to say something a little bit better than that. To just say strong they're quite resilient. Quite. If, if I was there, say I, that to I, KRE as it approaches yeah, say that the JPM yesterday. Goldman Sachs, yes, Bank of America yesterday. You guys see that chart? That's not a good looking chart there. And no, not no, a good looking chart look at all. Good. This is why the IWM has started rolling over. Don't look further than the banks. I mean, yeah, again, small caps rely on lending. Banks go into problems. Small caps got problems. Yeah. So keep that in mind. The connections there. We've talked about this before. IWM has shown a lot of weakness because of the banks. There's not a coincidence that IWM showed strength in the first part of June because the KRE was rallying. Now as it starts to roll over here again, the IWM is like, oh, crap. Here we go again. Now, maybe not. Maybe we're going to find some support here. KRE needs to find some support, though. So if you're getting bullish small caps, you better mm-hmm. see some stabilization in the KRE. One it's going along lots of IWM, but it's uh, not going great. Wow. Okay. All right. 86.50 is your current low. Uh, if you're looking for some daily levels going back to June 13th and 14th, you have a pair of lows at 44.82. After that, man, things really, really drop off a cliff. But as we know, this market uh, uh, likes to zig and zag. I mean, I'm almost going to have to sh- fold my uh, my level sheet over because I, I was looking <laughs> for a rally. I was looking for uh, Tuesday's high at 44.62. I could just like fold that over and just say forget about that and may have to put some more numbers on the downside here. The lowest level I have for today is 43.48.75. Uh, that was your June 12th low. And that was, it. That was what, 11 days ago. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, still a lot of time. Going to have a fun opening. And uh, anything else in the filters? Uh, we should go Tim pretty soon. 8.52. We're going to run over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see when he gets here right now. Oh, we're he's having, not here yet. Not yet. But um, so one I wanted to take a look at was AI. They had their investor day yesterday. Let's just say things might have not gone as planned um, because definitely they're taking, they're starting to take a, a good hit to the downside. Uh, C3 AI is what I'm talking about, of course. So yeah. I was keeping an eye on it yesterday, even. I was like, investor day, this would be the day that it should get the lift, right? They're talking about their systems. But when I started hearing their conversation on their products, The guy even said it. This is not a large language model. This is a small language model. And and right when he said that, I saw the stock just take a big hit. And I was like, man, probably not the things you want to be saying here uh, on their presentation. So I would be worried about some of these AI names that aren't what I would call true AI to start taking that downturn. Well, here's the problem is a lot of people like this is the AI play. It's got the ticker symbol AI. It's got the ticker symbol, folks. But I don't know if it's going to be your Microsoft and your Amazons and your Metas and your NVIDIAs. I'm saying no. So I'm saying AI, this stock could potentially be a bubble. I don't think AI in itself, artificial intelligence is a bubble. I think it's going to continue to grow. I'm scared that this stock in itself could be a bubble, though, just because of the ticker symbol. So I'm very scared of the stock. No position. All right. 35 um, and a half, Mitch. I just wanted to throw that yeah, out there. Of course. Um, I'm looking. We're trading on the lows of the pre-market session. A really bad three days. Uh, but you did have step-up buyers uh, June 7th through June 9th. Here's, I'll just give you your series of lows. If you're looking for a potential target, 3530, 35.63, 35.81. So you mix all that together in my math and you come up with 35.50. All right. Um, one more look at a stock and I'm just calling out stocks that I thought were really interesting yesterday. One that was really interesting, had a really good update, but now going lower in the pre-market is Pan W. New all-time high yesterday, right? Yeah, big push. Big stocks, man. Big Again, push. these are the kind of stocks you want to buy on pullbacks. Again, though, it's, you know, run a lot. So is a pullback 3 bucks or is a pullback 30 bucks? I don't know. I don't know how much you can get. But I tell you one thing. We get a little bit of life in the S&P. And this stock's at an all-time high. 
We get a little bit of life in the S&P, and Amazon makes a new 52-week high. You can see the relative strength very clearly. Cybersecurity uh, issues are not going away. This is best of breed. Yes, the valuation is nosebleed, but again, when a story is hot, valuation doesn't matter. The cybersecurity story is still hot. PANW has been a monster. Jim Cramer been absolutely right on PANW. All right, let's go ahead. I'll tell you what. We got our guest team. Smash the like. All right. Good morning, Mr. Seymour, CIO, Senior Asset Management. You see this handsome face on CNBC as well. Are you getting ready for the Russell rebalance here, Tim? How you doing? I mean, who's not? I mean, this is this up all night for this one. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm late. I was I was still trying to figure out how you know five of the first six guys in the NBA draft didn't play college basketball. Um, but, uh, and, and I guess the college game is 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 over. I mean, why you know? I mean, this is why I didn't play college basketball. Obviously, um, just kidding. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I like the so Lower Rangers. The Lower Rangers. Did you put that there, Mitch? You I put did a that, of course. That's my, that's my boy. I got it ready for him. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, that's right. and we're, we're always looking forward to next year, it seems, in New York. So, uh, that's one Stanley Cup since 1940. But, I didn't um, draft you this year, Tim. I was looking you know, for it. It's, it's, it's interesting. I think they needed a little bit more muscle in the playoffs. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, pick me up for a grinder, you know, a third or fourth line. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty mean in the corners. <laughs> but um, and, and, yeah, look, we've we've uh, uh, we've suffered uh, mightily uh, once again this year. As have, you know, I guess things are probably a little worse in Toronto. But no one it really wants to hear my view of hockey. So uh, I'm, I know we don't have a ton of time left. What what can we? we talk well, I about just here? I just want to talk to market here. I mean, we got the Russell rebalance day. We had a, a really nice run into quad witch. And if you. Uh, you know, if you follow our mantra, you know, quad witch, blow off tops, expiration, sometimes, you know, turning points in the market. If you follow that strategy, uh, you know, you're looking okay. So the question is here, have we meet, you know, is this, where, where's the pullback and stop? What are you looking to buy on dips or is it too early to do that? And you'd be more, you know, trying to sell rips at this point. Well, one of the things that I think is consistent with at least the, the analysis you put forward on Quad Witch is, is you know, and people have been talking about the broadening of the market. And, and if you look at where uh, S&P, you know, market cap weighted versus, um, versus uh, you know, the, the overall index and, and that they're, you know, S&P is up uh, 5% and, and the uh, equal weighted is 4.63. You, know, you, you can make this argument that the market is broadened, but you one of the things that's been going on that I think going into quad, which is critical is hedge funds have been degrossing. Hedge funds have been taking down uh, a significant amount of, of their book. And, and some of that is, is de-risking. Some of that is a function of, of where we are. There's a lot of mixed signals on where, you know, record short E-minis. Um, and a lot of people think that people are underinvested. I, you know, there's no, there's no way people are underinvested here uh, on some level. And I think what we've seen over the last couple of days is very much uh, some of that gross coming down. And, and remember, we're talking about popular longs against um, you know, notable shorts. And, and you know, looking at some of the PV data that I get, definitely you, you can see, for example, right now, um, the hedge fund community is, is probably you know, somewhere you know, three to four tenths of a percent underweight their bogey on, on the S&P. Um, which isn't massive stuff, but but it, it's clearly a case where um, we've pulled back a lot. And, and it's interesting because actually the, the international overweight is something we haven't seen in a long time. So so there there's there's definitely some rotation going on. Um, I do think that there's a case where, uh, you know, I don't think this has been seven stocks that have taken us here, but I do think um, that there, there should be some room for caution. Every sentiment indicator, every momentum indicator is very different than where we were six months ago. So, um, you know, in my 17 years on fast money, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen sentiment as negative as it's been in the last six months. And, and, and I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback you. Uh, I'm going to say that I, I, I just, like, I feel like we've had one of the greatest trading markets and it's the market we've had. And, and, and I think that's part of the reason it's, it's done what it's done. Go ahead, go ahead, Let's take it to the emerging markets here. Um, you just mentioned them just briefly here. And I mean, it's been the tale of 
you know, two markets really over in Asia. You've had Japan breaking out and making, you know, coming up to 30-year highs. And then you have China, which just cannot seem to get anything going. Every time we seem to get a little rally going in the FXI, it just sells off again here. Is, you know, their catch-up trade eventually with China here and Japan, like closing that gap back up? Or is this something that is going to persist just because of geopolitical risk? Talk about, you know, China and Asia altogether. Um, you know, again, if you look at Asia, uh, MSCI, you know, Asia, um, the developed Asia, um, it's it's uh, overweight Europe by about 3% versus the S&P, which is the most overweight um, that, that I think it's been on, on recent record. Um, if you look at the inflection of the Euro stocks 50 against the S&P back in August and really then in October, um, and I'm not saying it's a runaway train, but that was 11 years of underperformance. So um, I, I, Japan is a place where part of the story in Japan is, is what's ailing the rest of the world. I mean, deflation is, is seemingly dead. Um, you've got some dynamics also with the TSE where they, they forced uh, payout ratios and, and more liquidity dynamics on, on kind of the anchor companies. Um, I think, you know, just in terms of in terms of payout ratios, Japan's one of the most interesting places uh, relative also to itself where they weren't paying out anything for a long time. So so I, but, I, you know, I think we've had a huge run. I, I look at, at the emerging world and I'm uh, I'm always uh, a little skeptical because I've spent so much time there that that uh, every time the setups look so great. I mean, the, the, the setup in 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 you know, March of and April of 2001 for me was, wow, we're off to the races. And it was, again, one of those breakout moments for EM and we, we got we got club back down. Um, you tell me what you, your view is on the dollar and, and I'll tell you what I think you can do investing internationally over the next six to nine months because because uh, the dollar doesn't need to go significantly lower. It just can't go a lot higher. And, and so I look at the DXY. Um, I think we're probably going to test to, you know, 100 on this run. Um, but it was it was a really a move from 2011 2012 on the dollar that that is uh, you know one of the most extraordinary runs it's ever had and I don't think people talk enough about that and the impact it had on international. I'm advising on an international ETF strategy, iDevo, which is the sister uh, ETF to, to Devo, which is a big uh, ETF that that measures with companies that are paying increasing free cash flows and div payouts and. IDEVO is the international sister to that. And, and to me, it's a great time to be buying best of breed companies. I don't think you have to, re I'm not talking yeah. about reaching deep into EM. I'm talking about global multinationals, a Novartis, a Sanofi, uh, Diageo, um, that I think are increasing their payout ratio. So I like international. Um, it's never gonna be such a major part of everybody's waiting that, that I think they're gonna, they're gonna you know, be, be uh, you know, banging the table with both hands. It's a fascinating time. I think Japan looks a little richer. I really do. Last question here for you, Tim. I just wanted to ask, of course, we've been seeing how the AI has really kind of brought these values and this rally back. Of course, there's going to be some true winners here in AI. What are some of those names that you're looking at, Tim? Yeah, I, I think it's um, the names that are sprinkling AI pixie dust across retail and across some of the other spots that, that to me, there's there's a there's a zero sum game in terms of the size of that addressable market, but there are the folks that might be taking some of market share. And so, you know, moving away from uh, either even in the chip space, I do like Facebook. I, I do like the, the uh, both the combination of Facebook's uh, certainly changed the, the, the messaging and it's, you know, it's been a, uh, you know, a margin accretion, let's cut expenses, let's forget about the, the metaverse, but really 26 or 7% of Facebook's content is AI driven now. Um, the, the expandable TAM they have for, um, for their reels business and, and for some of the e-commerce the e that I actually think they will continue to grow in at, at a multiple that, that is still not terribly demanding. Um, so, so, you know, I, that's kind of how I choose to look at it. I, I am, I, I, I'm a little scared, like I think many people, when I look at really what the runaway train has been like, even though I know NVIDIA told us they've got three to four quarters of, of visibility um, based upon those growth rates, uh, you know, we can all uh, surmise what the peg is. I'm, I'm not chasing that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm also not chasing the AI story more broadly. I think what it actually might mean is that bigger industrial old, old, uh, old economy companies, um, just like 
just like uh, you know, technology, but the internet and DTC and all these get in the cloud. I think this is a margin accretion for equities, and that's why there's been a wake up for the broader market. I'm not I'm not going to ascribe this uh, necessarily as a home run to uh, outside of who it's obviously been a home run to. Always good to have you, Tim Seymour. You guys check him out, CNBC's Fast Money and CIO of Seymour Asset Management. We'll have you back on, my friend, and we'll see what the Rangers can do next year. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, you know, sorry Thanks, so man. late today. Give me more time next time. I promise I'll, I'll be back for more. All right. Have a good Thank one, you. Tim. Thank you. All right. Let's go ahead. We'll wrap it up here, Dennis. You're ready? Russell, rebalance? Yeah, so again, doing the homework, we'll just reiterate what we were saying off the top of the show is there's going to be a lot of movement here on the close. Expect big movements here in a lot of these ads and deletes. So not necessarily that the ads are going to go up and the deletes are going to go down. It's not that simple anymore. Sometimes you actually see the opposite occur. Um, but just you know, be aware that there is usually some jockeying from big institutional players, ETFs that are trying to track this, that will have to be buying certain stocks and selling short other stocks. Again, if you want those lists, go to the Russell Reconstitution. You can Google it quickly. The ads and the deletes are publicized here. They came out two weeks ago, the official list. So we know what is going in and going out here. I printed them all out. I was showing you earlier. There's, you know, literally here a pile of pages of these ones. I have about 20 pages of ads and deletes in here um, that I'm going to be trading. Again, one of the big deletes out of the 3,000 is Dell Technologies, D-E-L-L. Expect some movement in that one. Uh, a lot of these names you're not going to have heard of. Express, I'm just cherry pick a few of these deletes here for you. EXPR, INSG was a darling there from a while ago, which um, you know we participated in for a while there too. Uh, LL Flooring, Lumber Liquidators, Ride is a delete. Remember that one back in the day? R-I-D-E. Rad, Rite Aid, R-A-D, Root, that's been had, so Root is a delete, R-O-O-T, that's had some recent M&A rumors on it here, so, you know, that's always interesting when they have, you know, it's going to have some movement off of, you know, rebalancing when CXAI, they're, you know, stocks that are potentially in play. Yep. I saw this one as an ad, uh, CXAI, I'm going to keep this go. one on my radar, look at the daily chart on this thing, man, this thing's just sleepy. So I don't know. Yeah, about rate this that one, one but... down because that one has been moving a lot with the AI stocks. And when you get also a Russell rebalance movement, you could get some movement in there. So yeah. maybe it's going to take you out of a trade. Maybe it's going to allow you to initiate a trade that you wanted here. You're right, no, Mitch. No, no, no. This is a sleepy stock. You've just been hanging out. Um, is that an ad or a delete, Mitch? I did not notice. It's an ad. So, yeah. That's an ad. It's an I, ad. I caught actually. it on the ad. Uh, Okay, um, cool. So, uh, you know me. I'm trying to look for stocks that maybe. Yeah, look for stocks some sometimes, maybe that you for. trade even, you know, that are yeah. on this list. And just be aware that if you're just blindly trading, there's going to be some movement here. So maybe it just keeps you from making a really bad trade. Technicals won't matter on these things on the clothes. It's going to matter whether the buys or the sells are there. It's going to matter the imbalances are going to matter. So keep an eye on that. Take a look at the list, guys. We threw up the list multiple times there in the chat. I hope you have a great day, Dennis. Like always, let's get to our trading Good action. Luck, let's get focused. And like always, we got to be nimble, right? We're seeing these kind of swings overnight. Be nimble. Let's see what happens at the open. And of course, price action always leads. Have a good one, Dennis. Take see care, you. my friend. All right. Going to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Let's see what I can get into today. Let's see if we can go ahead and continue the trend. Of course, I still got some shorts out there. I do have one position in the red. I have a swing on BJ. We'll see if that one works out. It's just slightly in the red. Was looking to take a little bit of a shot into some of the department stores. Been seeing Walmart go a little bit higher. These discount stores, of course. Costco go higher. Will BJ's get a little lift? Find out, of course. Come over to live trading. See what we're getting into. I'll see you guys over there. Hit the like button. Like always, right here on Benzinga is where you guys can keep growing especially you traders. Keep growing those skills. And like always, check out Pre-Market Prep. Hit up my man, Dennis Dick, and of course, Joel Alconin. If you guys have any question on the market, they're always here to help you out.